Oh. Welcome, welcome, guys. Um, that, uh, that, like, big part of that chorus of that second song, um, really... Huh? Yeah, I like that. All the poor and powerless was also in that second song. It was two different songs. But I linked the two together. Yes, it was a great job. I just wanted him to know. I like the part of, like, he freed them that, like, then, he freed them now. That's part of the second song. Oh, okay. And then the third song is that, uh, Shout It. Oh, yeah, I could tell that one was different. But the part that was, like, you know, he did this then, he's doing it now. He did that then, he's doing it now. He did that then, he's doing it now. Hold on to that because that'll tie in. Oh, that. Hell, <laughs> like I, as you start singing, I'm like, is he on the same wavelength of what I'm gonna be talking? About? I mean, I know, I know you know what we're going into of John six, but like, I'm like, there's no way he was gonna make that correlation that I was gonna make. Um, but that's always that's always cool to see that. Um, all right, cool. So I know Zach. Um, for those of you who were there two weeks ago, Zach gave you all a challenge. Um, he did. What was the challenge? Does anybody remember what the challenge was, and did anybody do it? I did not do it. Because Caitlin was supposed to remind me. I did not do it either. If it. It doesn't, it's not exactly, but when I was doing a devotional, a Bible verse came up, and then at Young Adult Night last night, the same Bible verse came up. It's not around the same thing, but it still applies. What was the challenge again? It was like, like, in your regular life, like, see, like, correlations to, like, what the Bible tells us and what you yeah. realize in real life. Okay. And, like, come, with, come to Bible study to, and tell us what that happens. Okay. <laughs> that was as close to You know? <laughs> Wait, what? Like, what the Bible says and correlates, like, to, in your real life? Yeah. So, like, specifically, like, um, I gave a much better example when I was talking about I remember a story about Taco Bell. Yeah. Yeah, it was on the side of the road. Yeah, and it was on the side of the road. But, like, take what, uh, I don't know, a time when scripture, like, lines up when you can do something and you know you did it because the Bible said exactly, like, how to do it, like, the blueprint, if that makes any sense. Oh. Does that make sense? Yeah. At all? Got it. Yes. Like, of, oh, we do this, and we have peace. Like, I'm, I'm feeling stressed, but now I feel peace because, like, God's peace passes understanding or whatever. Like, we, we do not have a spirit of anxiety. We have a spirit of Throwback to my challenge from three weeks ago. Has anyone been able to pray for other people and pray for, um, other, for, for God's will to be moved in your life? Um, as a reminder when you eat or snack on things. Anybody do that for one meal or for a day or for a week or a little bit? I have to say it turns both into my prayer. Yeah? That's awesome. That's great. I'll be honest, sometimes I find myself scrambling in my brain like, what should I pray for right now before I like stuff my face? Yeah. That's awesome. I love them and I need to. I'm glad to hear that. Cool. Yana and I, we did that. I, I gave that challenge the, the night before we left to go to Aruba, um, and knowing that we're going to be eating a lot of food, um, and so, you know, for every every meal, and then just times where I'm like, oh, I want a, I want another pizza, because there was always pizza available, I'm like, you know, and I, I made it a point every single time before we ate, like, not to just be like, God, thanks for this food, you know, bless this food, let this pizza nourish my body, because it's so healthy, um, but like, to, to, you know, we, we rotated, like, praying for, like, you know, all you guys here, praying for family members, praying for friends, um, to really just make it a point, like, each meal, each snack, whatever, to, like, pray for someone, pray for God to move in that person, for God to move in us. Um, it's been cool. Um, I've, I've continued that since, since then also. Um, it's been cool. Um, almost every time. I haven't missed a few meals. Um, but... <laughs> um, Anyway, um, yeah. Just go back. I did do Zach's challenge as well. Okay. I'm going through First um, Corinthians 13, and one thing that really stuck out to me is love is kind. I think that really like circumcised my heart in a sense to like remind me like how unkind I can be sometimes. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Very cool. Yeah. Good. That's awesome. All right. Well, we're gonna jump in to John 6. There is so much here. 
Um, I don't think we're going to get through this whole chapter. It's also a very long chapter. Um, but anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll get to where we get. Um, let's see. Um, let's just go 1 through 15. Let's, let's just read that. that um, yeah, let's do it. Let's read that whole passage. Anybody want to take half of it? Go. Um, somebody want to do like 1 through 9? I know that's not half, but it breaks it up right there. Okay. After this, Jesus crossed over to the far side of the Sea of Galilee, also known as the Sea of Tiberias. A huge crowd kept following him wherever he went because they saw his miraculous signs as he healed the sick. Then Jesus climbed the hill and sat down with his disciples around. It was nearly time for the Jewish Passover celebration. Jesus soon saw a huge crowd of people coming to look for him. Turning to Philip, he asked, Where can we buy bread to feed all these people? He was testing Philip, for he already knew what he was going to do. Philip replied, even if we worked for months, we wouldn't have enough money to feed them. Then Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. There's a young boy here with five barley loaves and two fish. But what good is that with this huge crowd? Cool. Awesome. Uh, Who wants to read 10 through 15? Go for it. Jesus said, have the people sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so that men sat down, about 5,000 in number. Jesus then took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, <coughs> he distributed them to those who were seated, so also the fish as much as they wanted. And when they had eaten their fill, he told his disciples, Gather up the leftover fragments, that nothing may be lost. So they gathered them up and filled twelve baskets with fragments from the five barley loaves, left by those who had eaten. When the people saw the sign that he had done, they said, This is indeed the prophet who is to come into the world. Perceiving then that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king, Jesus withdrew again to the mountain by himself. Awesome. What do you guys see going on here? First off, just like, let's start surface level. What just happened? Go for it. Yeah. Like, when you think of it from, like, that perspective to me, it's like there's 5,000 people. That's roughly, like, math's a little shaky, 400 to 450, like, people per person. That, like, each disciple was taken care of. Of the 12. Yeah, that's just the men. That's just the men. Mm -hmm. Also, it's, like, closer to 72 disciples, because that's actually, it's, like, it's a whole thing. But, like, then there's the 12. But anyhow, I'm just saying, that's, like, Deal. <laughs> what else? What other observations? He gave thanks before he broke bread. Yeah. Okay. Hey. We oh. need to be more, or I need to be more obedient. <laughs> yeah, Jesus even, you know, before I even gave the challenge, he took me up on that challenge. <laughs> um. Yeah, and then he's talking about, like, you know, we don't have enough money to, like, even if we did, like, where would we get all that bread? How would we get it right now? And what about, what do you guys think about um, Andrew's response about what they do have? Props to this little kid, like, offers up his lunch. Like, he's like, well, I got this. Yeah. Props to that kid, like, I don't know, to me... I almost, 
this might not be the way that it happened, but to me in my head, the way like I picture the story happening is like, you know, Andrew being like, oh, there's a problem. Okay, the problem is like there are, you know, 5,000 men. You know, we got plus their wives and maybe let's say two children each, 5, 10, 15. We got 20,000 people here that we got to feed. We got no money. We got no time. We got, even if we did have the money and time, we got nowhere to get that quantity of bread. And he's like, oh, light bulb. We got, this kid has like a few pieces of fish and bread. Like, oh, but wait, what's that going to do us? Like, that's, I don't know, that's how I imagine. Kind of like, hey, I got this great idea, but that's not going to solve anything. I, I honestly think of it, I don't even think of, the kid there at the moment in time. Like, I see the kid there in the crowd, but I feel like Philip is, or, or Andrew's, like, pointing him out. Like, even that, like, the kid in the front row, he, like, packed the lunch, but what does that do for 5,000 people yeah. or whatever? It, like, I feel like it's more of, like, a, look at that kid over there. Like, even his lunch, like, yeah. obviously can't. It doesn't even necessarily say that the kid came up no, with the food. It, it does could, say a young boy here, not a young boy there. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think they were all here. Yeah, well, I don't know. I, either way, that that could be up for interpretation. I'm and like imagining some mom like prodding her kid, like <laughs> go 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 give Jesus like go feed him. <laughs> At least I, let I, Jesus my eat. Says, um, another of his disciples, Andrew Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Here is a boy. Here here is a boy with five small. Oh, here's a boy. Never mind. Here is a boy. Not like this boy is offering us yeah, his five. You know, it's Never like mind. it's just like hey, we got no food except for this kid's no, stuff. Like. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just, I'm just, yeah. I'm just messing. But um, so, but God was able to to take what they had, the five loaves and two fish, and and made it work. He he used what he had and he multiplied it. He gave it to God, and that made me think like that is so insignificant amount of food, five loaves of bread and two fish. Like I. I don't think that would even be enough to feed us here, like in this room. Bless you. Yeah. I, I think it's it's such a, a small amount. It's probably just for that one family that that little boy is with. And that's probably still not even a whole lot for them. Um, yeah, God multiplied it exponentially. Um, and that got me thinking, what, what are our five loaves and two fish? What is this little bit that we have that if we gave it to God, he could multiply it? Um, made me think of the the parable of the um, the um, I don't know what the parable is called the um, the, talents. the talents. Thank you. Yeah, I'm like the the owner, uh, the businessman. No, the parable of the talents. You know, he he gave his three servants one gold, five and ten gold coins, um, and or thousand whatever it was, and. And he said, I'm going away on a business trip. I'll be back. And he comes back. And the guy with 10 said, hey, I invested it. I made it work. You gave me 10. I, it's, it's worked for you. And now I've got 20. He said, well done, you know, good and faithful servant. Like you were faithful with a little. And now you'll be, faithful, you'll be able to be responsible with more. And the guy with five turned it into 10. The guy with one said, hey, like I know you're a hardworking guy. I don't want to lose your money. So like I hit it. And look, here's the one that you gave me. I got your one back for you. He's like, look, if you knew that I was a hardworking uh, guy, you know, like why why wouldn't you do something with it? Like you you couldn't even be faithful in this one small thing I gave you. So you're not gonna be able to be faithful with more. Um, and that that, that kind of made me think about this of what if that kid, you know, whether he offered it or it was kind of like, hey, can we have that food? Either way, what if it was hidden? What if what if he hid his five loaves and two fish in the ground and said, hey, I don't want this to be taken. There's a lot of hungry people here. I don't want anyone to take this. Uh, and that family could have just like thrown their you know, blanket and you know, their extra clothes on top of it and hidden it for themselves. But instead, the little bit that they had was offered to God and became this huge amount with even more left over than they started with. And it's like, what, what are our talents? What are our gifts? or things that we have, um, not necessarily physical possessions, but spiritual gifts, um, or maybe our time, or resources, or whatever it might be, 
that are our five loaves and two fish of wow if only we went from just holding on to it to i'm gonna offer this to god and thank him for the little bit that he gave me and just see what he can do from there i don't know does anything come to mind if you guys want to share about it personally of like something that could be that to you mm-hmm. i think the answer has to be I think that's kind of the whole point, is that, like, he didn't take one of the loaves of the kids, mm. of the kids' loaves, you know, like, and God has a habit of doing this throughout the entire Bible, of, like, taking, requiring somebody to be all in completely, and then something awesome happens, mm. but it's only when they're, they're completely faithful to what he has. Um, you look at Gideon, right, and that story there, and he's like, no, 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 you got too many people, you're going to succeed on your own merits. And, like, I feel like a decent amount of the reason that Jesus asked the question, hey, where are we going to buy all this bread to feed these people, was just so that it would make it into the story. So that when it gets told, um, obviously, there's there's no way this is going to happen. And then the kind of clarification of, like, hey, there's, like, one kid that packed the lunch. But it's not like a bunch of people were like, no, 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 I'm good. I don't need your fish and bread because, like, I got stuff. It's 5,000 men that presumably there are a number of families there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Anybody else? I guess two thoughts. Um, the answer to your question would be, I think, for me personally, I agree with everything that Zach said. But speaking specifically, like, my time is something that really comes to mind because I enjoy like meeting with people personally and like pouring into people intentionally and having those conversations and things like that. And I think that's one thing that God has gifted is not really I don't know if I would call it gifted me. Like I'm so good at doing this, more so like it's just something that he's given me for that I enjoy doing that I would hope that is impactful towards other people that I'm able to give my time to. Yeah. You know, I'm, when you work and you have other responsibilities, like my desire still, one of the main ones, is to make time for people in the midst of all of that busyness, in the midst of that work. And so I think that's that's one thing that specifically comes to mind in terms of five loaves and two fish, like, I give my time and I like doing it, my desire to do it, and I think God honors that in those interactions and conversations with people. Um, so, let's say that, but also to touch on kind of what you were talking about, Ben, um, with like, it being multiplied, it was multiplied for the benefit of everybody there, so like, our gifts are multiplied as an overflow that pours into other people, but it didn't just stop there. Like you again, like you said, and like this says, like there was more left over. So it's not that he 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 didn't just multiply it and allow for everybody to partake. He exceeded it to where we were also filled up and everybody left full. Mm. And like there was no lack at that point. They weren't they didn't leave hungry. They didn't leave unsatisfied, they left satisfied and sharing with the other people and I think that's easy for us to like get at times of like our gifts are not just for us, just like these fish and these loaves were not just for that family, they were meant for more and our gifts and our giftings and what we what we do with them are meant to be shared as an overflow to other mm-hmm. people but it also fills us up in the process to exercise those gifts and to live from a place of abundance rather than lack. Um, and I think, um, I'm talking a lot, but for me in the season that I'm in, this is easy, really easy to forget because I feel like I am depleted in a lot of ways. <laughs> um, and I'm not able to fully pour out in the way that I could, could be because I'm consistently feeling this like black in a way mm. and not from a position of abundance at all. Like I'm hanging on rather than like easily pouring out. Mm. 
anyway. Okay. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> Those are my thoughts. I think the I think the um uh, verse 2 is is interesting. A uh, huge crowd kept following him wherever he went. Why? Because they saw his miraculous signs as he healed the sick. So all these people are following him because of, of what they see. Like, oh, he's healing everybody. Like, let's follow him. Um, and then at, at the end of that section, um, 14, when the people saw him do this miraculous sign of, you know, making all this food out of nothing, they said, surely he's the prophet we've been expecting. When Jesus saw that they were ready to force him to be their king, Jesus slipped away into the hills by himself. And this, this whole story, does it remind anybody of, of anything else from the Old Testament? Twenty-five Ben points, if you can think of it. What in particular? Um, just the, the, the story about... Just this whole story. Otherwise, it would be a giveaway. I'll say it anyway. Um, in Exodus, sorry, no, in Numbers 11, um, of when the people are complaining to Moses, you know, the Israelites are, you know, coming out of Egypt. They were just freed from um, slavery in Egypt. And they're hungry. They said, Moses, like... At least we had food in Egypt when we were slaves. Like, it would have been better to be there than out here, like, just walking through the wilderness. Like, we don't have food. Uh, so the people were hungry. There were a lot of people. There were a lot of hungry people in the Old Testament. And then here also, 5,000 men plus all their families. Um, and in, in Numbers 11, um, they're like, oh, man, like, uh, we'd go for some meat right now. Like, if only, like, remember we had fish there in Egypt and... And like all this fruit and all this stuff. Um, and then actually, actually, right around, the, yeah, when he's providing the manna. They're complaining again. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah, he provided the manna. Now they're hungry, and um, God's about to provide it again. Um, and, and God provides. God made literally bread out of nothing and made birds, I believe quail, fall from the sky so that they can eat it. Just literally, God's like, flock of birds, drop to the ground, enjoy the free food, bread, appear on the ground, free food for you guys. No um, matter how much or how little they took, it was always the exact right amount. It was always enough. He, he never left them hungry. Um, and it's the same thing. Old Testament, God, this is like the song. He did it then, he is doing it now. He, he fed the Israelites. He, he saw their need then. He saw their need now. He fed them there. He fed them now. And I, I just think it's so cool to see that, you know, it's not like, oh, there's this Old Testament God and then there's Jesus and now it's like, okay, you know, don't worry about this stuff. That's like nice to know. But like, you know, really just like focus on this part. It's like, no, it's like, it's the same God. It's evident by the whole, the whole Bible being... Um, like consistent in who God is um, and I just think it's really cool to see that you know the God of the Old Testament is the same God of the New Testament is the same God of, of 2022 and that our needs are just as important to him as as they were for those 5,000 and as they were for the millions of Israelites coming out of Egypt uh, verse um, back in uh, John 6 now, verse 10. Tell everyone to sit down. So they all sat down on the grassy slopes. This, does this remind anybody of anything? Just that one verse right there. Tell everyone to sit down. So they all sat down on the grassy slopes. Psalm 23. Psalm 23. You do get Ben points. You get 30 Ben points. Ben points are just a, uh, a figment. It's, they're worth not. They're, they don't quite compare to Shroot Bucks. Um, um, yeah, Psalm 23, 1 and 2. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. 
and you think about like okay why why would a shepherd make a sheep sit down well because the sheep doesn't know what's best for itself but when the shepherd is trying to get it to do something saying here eat I need to make you sit down because you're not sitting down and eating. I need to lead you to the water because you don't know where the water is. The sheep will just wander wherever um, without the shepherd guiding them. But the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. Not he asks me to. He said, tell everyone to sit down. The reason that a sheep as far as I know, the reason that a sheep needs to like lay down on the pastures, like once they've eaten them, they're full. They need to lay down so that they have time to digest hmm. what they've already eaten. Interesting. That's good. I didn't know that. They can't lay down on the back either because they'll literally explode. <laughs> <laughs> yes, fun facts. That is a very fun fact. <laughs> now I want to see some sheep outside. <laughs> now I'm thinking of like cars when like they like made they made all the tractors like like. Tra- tractor tipping, yeah. and they like fall over. Especially if they're not, they haven't been shorn recently, and they fall over. Like they cannot get themselves back. Mm-hmm. So they just explode. So the gases in their stomach will just continue to build until mm-hmm. it literally it eats them up from the inside. Well, yeah. I think I think. I think the creators of exploding kittens should make it as an exploding <laughs> sheep version. They're like, yeah. there are exploding sheep. Um. Yeah. Like how you pointed out that like he makes us lie down in green pastures really kind of reminds me of the verse uh, we make our plans but the Lord determines our steps. Mm. You know, it's like the shepherd makes his sheep lie down because they don't know what's good for them and they may have their own like, desires or like places they think they're going to go. And really, if not for the shepherd, the sheep could Any other final thoughts on on this part here? On one through fifteen, anybody have any other thoughts? And it just goes to show, Jesus is 100% God and 100% man, but he is fully God, and yet he still knows how important it is for daily, continual, alone time with God. How much more do we need that? How much more, how much more are we like physically and spiritually and mentally and in every single way need to be dependent on that? If Jesus saw the necessity to take a long time to be with God. And like just imagine how undistracted it was too. Like he's just on the top of a mountain with nothing but him and God. Like that's it. Like we have our phones that might go off. We have 
like TV that might be on in the background. We have music on, but like there was nothing. And so he was just completely undistracted, intimate, purposeful, mm-hmm. intentional time with his father when he is God. Like it's yeah. just crazy. Like how much more do we need to really put our full attention on him and be completely undistracted? Even like in the car, like I, I use my drive to work to spend time with him, but like that's so distracting. Like I'm still driving, so it's just like silence. Like with him. Yeah. And it's crazy that, you know, any other person would have been like, oh, they want me to to be their king? Like, oh, all right, this is awesome. But Jesus is like, no, that's that's not what I'm here. I'm not here to 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 rule over you because you say that I should, because I did these miraculous signs that you're going to make me your king. Like, no, that's that's not what I'm here for. No, I already am your king. All right, let's move on to Jesus walking on water. Um, somebody want to... Actually, yeah, let's just read this one part here. Uh, 16 through 21. Somebody want to take that? I can do it. Go for it. That evening... This is so good. I'm sorry, I just love this story. That evening, Jesus' disciples went down to the shore to weep. But as darkness fell and Jesus still hadn't come back, they got into the boat and headed across the, lakes, the lake toward the Capernaum. Soon a gale swept down upon them, and the sea grew very rough. They had rowed three or four miles, when suddenly they saw Jesus walking on the water toward the boat. They were terrified, but he called out to them, Don't be afraid. I am here. Then they were eager to let him in the boat, and immediately they arrived at their destination. Hmm. Teleportation. Again, it happens with Philip. It happens right here. Boom. Boat shows up. Exactly where it was supposed to be. They let him on the boat, and then boom, the boat's on land. Very I love that they're like completely terrified, and then he just says, "Don't be afraid." And they're like, "All right, cool. Come on, come on the boat." Well, so like, I I always wonder if this is the same version as the one. Um, which one is it that it talks about? Uh, Peter walking out. It. I. I know. I can never remember if this is like the same, but a different perspective of the same story. Um, but yeah. So, I I never thought about this until today. Of Jesus wasn't walking out there to go meet with them. He wasn't going out there to go calm them. Because it does it. They it says. Uh, suddenly they saw Jesus walking the oh walking on the water toward the boat. Mm, never mind. They're also three or four miles. Away. Jesus is just not like busting out a 5k on the lake. It's a little bit more than a 5k, actually. Well, it says three. But uh, what I think is interesting is that they, they yelled out to him first. They were terrified. And they saw Jesus walking on the water. But they called out to the... Mm, sorry, no, I'm reading this wrong. He called out to them. Yeah, I read that wrong. I would be pretty frightened too if I saw a man. No, I would be too. Whoa, whoa, whoa. In the other one, it says they thought he was a ghost. Mm -hmm. Freaking out, they're like, there's a ghost on the water. It's also not like a placid lake, you know, where he's just like walking on flat water. It's like in the middle of a storm and there's like huge waves and he's just like, yeah. It's just like big chilling. I always wonder if like, if he's just walking, like, you know, in one linear path and the waves are just, like, going, like, separating around yeah. him like Moses or, like, like if the wave is going, like, is he just, like, riding the wave and still just, like, walking? Like, I don't know. But that's kind of fun to think about. I um, saw the funniest thing is trying to debunk the story from, like, a science level of reading. Like, well, you know, sometimes, like, when water gets cold, it freezes. And, like, he was maybe walking on frozen. I'm like, do you think the professional fisherman would be freaked out <laughs> seeing the guy walk on ice? Like, come on. Like, freezes over? Ever? It wouldn't be in the boat. It wouldn't be in the boat. It's frozen three to four miles from shore. Wait, what? Yeah, exactly. How poorly does your brain have to work to think that that actually is kind of funny? 
Like, either believe it didn't happen at all, or, or, <laughs> or like, just believe that it's a miracle. Like, all right, I want to hear what Jackie has. Well, what, what I find interesting that I didn't really think about until now was the fact that Jesus' disciples went down to the shore to wait for him, but as dark as fell and Jesus still hadn't come back, they got into the boat and headed across the lake toward Cape So they left without Jesus. They just decided, hey. Exactly. Well, I was thinking of probably thought he could just teleport. They probably see him in town or whatever. Like, it's no big deal. He's Jesus, so he's going to be fine. So, soon again, and then they had rode three or four miles. So, it's not like they're like, oh, maybe we'll spot him and, like, just pick him up. No, like, they were, they were ready to just kind of go without Jesus. And it just, it reminds me of, like, I mean, how often do, well, A, how often do we do that? Where it's like, no, I'm. I might see Jesus in this next season, or I might, you know, and just like maybe plot my own way or go my own way for a bit and see how I do. And then it's like, wait, no, <laughs> I, you know, I need Jesus, and that's there he is, and he turns back up. It's like we're scared sometimes of like him showing up. Hmm. Um, or it, it also makes me think, is this like similar to, I mean, not that it could be, but foreshadowing of like the way that all of the disciples at the time of Jesus' crucifixion would have dispersed. They were going to leave. They weren't going to, yeah. you know, they were, they weren't this cohesive unit at that point. Um, or they became so after his crucifixion and then they were all martyred and all this stuff and going in a bunch of different tracks. But like, it's just, it's interesting to me the way that I never read this and noticed that they had just left without Jesus and that correlation to like us like we, we do that fairly often where it's like hi Jesus like I'll see you in the next season and like maybe I'll catch up with you and it's like no I need you know I need mm. you it was, I just found that interesting yeah yeah it's kind of like, like they were just so impatient with Jesus mm-hmm. they were just like okay they weren't we're waiting anymore leave, but Jesus comes back for us every single See, I was mm. thinking about it in like a much less profound way that like like in a lot of their other interactions they might have been like, Okay, Jesus, like what's the plan for the evening? And he would say something like, I am the plan in the future. <laughs> something like something what? super vague. Okay. Something super vague and like a parable and they would just be like Okay, it's so like maybe maybe it's like yeah. I'll I'll meet you over in Capernaum and they're like does that mean that like how how else would he get there without coming on the boat? But like if he said that he'll meet us there, I guess we'll go without him. Or or like I mean, I don't know. I kind of I kind of think of it as, like, Jesus just seems to wander off on a fairly regular basis. Yeah. So, like, they're like, he's he's going to be where we're going. Like, wait, wait, wait. He went up to the mountain. Yeah, and then when he like, became his disciples, like, kind of, like, so he was still on the mountain. Yeah, we're going to catch up eventually. I'm sure we'll run into each other. It's a small world, you know. It's a small Israel. Let's, uh, let's move on to verse 22. Let's go on to uh, Jesus, the bread of life. So this is a long part, um, so let's just start off with going, who wants to read 22 to 31? I go half these with somebody. Go for it. Um, the next day the crowd that had stayed far on the, sh- on the far shore saw that the disciples had taken the only boat, and they realized Jesus had not gone with them. Several boats from Tiberias landed near the place where the Lord had blessed the bread and the people had eaten. So when the crowd saw that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they got into the boats and went across to Capernaum to look for him. They found him on the other side of the lake and asked, Rabbi, where, when did you get here? Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, you are seeking me not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Do, do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. For on him God the Father has set his seal. Then they said to him, What must we do to be doing the works of God? Jesus answered them, This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. So they said to him, Then what sign do you do? that we may see and believe you. What work do you perform? 
Our fathers ate manna, the manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Um, yeah, I did. Jesus then said, Jesus then said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. Pause. Right there. Does that sound familiar at all? Yep. It's just a, it was just like, I think, two chapters ago, maybe, mm-hmm. where the Samaritan woman was like, Hey, like, you know, she's over there at the well getting water. And Jesus is like, hey, like, I've got this water that will, like, really satisfy, like, you, like, way more than this water will. Like, this water you're going to drink and you'll be thirsty again. But I have this water that you know nothing about, this living water. And she's like, whoa, I'll take that living water. Then I'm only going to come back to the well again. He's like, no, I am this living water. And here he is again now saying, like, look, I've, like... This true bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. And they're like, I'll take some of that. Okay, that sounds good. And right after that, he says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. But you haven't believed in me, even though you have seen me. So he was saying that they're like, look, you're, you're following me because I gave you food. Not because you understand who gave you food, essentially. Like, you don't even realize who I am. You just like the miracle of getting free food out of nothing, essentially. And he's like, I'm the bread of life. I'm, I came down from heaven. And I'm just now seeing that translation as I just said that. Jesus, you know, he, he's correlating manna of, of, um, hold on, let me read that again, uh, 32. I tell you the truth, Moses didn't give you the bread from heaven, my father did. And now he offers you the true bread from heaven. And then he's saying that I am the bread of life. So just as God provided them manna, bread, from heaven, he's like, look, I am that bread from heaven. I am that manna. I am the bread of life that God just dropped down right in front of you to eat. I am that bread. Well, no, I just read 34 and 35. But he's saying, I'm the bread of life. God gave the Israelites manna. He gave them bread from heaven. I am from heaven. I am the bread. 37. However, those the Father has given me will come to me, and I will never reject them. For I come down from heaven to do the will of God who sent me, not to do my own will. And this is the will of God, that I should not lose even one of all those he has given me, but that I should raise them up from the last day, raise them up at the last day. For it is my Father's will that all who see his Son and believe in him should have eternal life. I will raise them at the last day. And the people began to murmur in a distant in disagreement because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. They said, Isn't this Jesus the son of Joseph? We know his father and mother. How can he say I came down from heaven? Jesus replied, Stop complaining about what I said, for no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws them to me. And at the last day I will raise them up. As it is written in the scriptures, they will all be taught by God. Everyone who listens to the Father and learns from Him comes to me. Not that anyone has ever seen the Father, only I, who was sent from, the, from God, have seen Him. I tell you the truth, anyone who believes has eternal life. Yes, I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate manna in the wilderness, but they all died. Anyone who eats the bread from heaven, however, will never die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Anyone who eats this bread will live forever. And this bread, which I will offer so the world may live, is my flesh. Anybody want to finish this off? 52 to 59? You got a good line in there. 
The Jews then disputed among themselves, saying, How can this man give us flesh to eat? So Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. As the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so whoever feeds on me, he also will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven, not like the bread that the fathers ate and died. Whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. Jesus said these things in the synagogue as he taught at Capernaum. Awesome. There is a lot there. Is anything does anything stand out to anybody or or is anybody else lost and saying what the heck we're supposed to eat his flesh and drink his blood? It's kind of refreshing to know sometimes. Mm -hmm. It was like, oof, we screw things up sometimes real bad. And it's like, if I was God, I would be like, come on, like I I'm gave you very, now. very clear instruction: do this, and you didn't do it, or don't do that, and you do it. Um, and and Paul speaks of that in in Romans, and is like, I'm all too human, for I do the things I don't want to do, and I don't do what I should do. Um, and God knows that when He created us, He wasn't, you know, He wasn't like. Adam, Eve, what could you... You messed up my creation. Come on. Like, you, this is why we can't have nice things. Like, you guys couldn't make it, like, one generation without screwing up. He's like, no. He knew what he was getting himself into. He's in the business of people. He knows what people will do when he created them. He's like, I'm going to give them the free will to choose to love me or choose to not love me. To follow me, to not follow me. To obey my commands, to not obey my commands. To... To, to live this life or to live that life. I'll leave it up to you. I know some won't choose right and some will choose the other way. Uh, but he's, he's not surprised. But it's great to know that, you know, just like Jesus, Jesus is like, I, I will never, where do you say it? I'll never turn away from them. Yeah, verse 37. Uh, and I will never reject them. The ones that the Father has given to me. What else? I just there's in 49 through 51, you know, 49, he says, your, an your ancestors ate man in the wilderness, but they all died. Uh, and then he just talks about how, like, if you eat the bread from heaven, you're never going to die. Um, I offer this so that you might live, basically. Uh, and it's kind of like, that offer stood then, that offer is the same now. Hmm. Like, yeah, that's good. No one can come to me unless the 
I almost think that that reply of stop complaining about what I said of almost as because like that that was based off of their comment of like wait like Jesus is saying that he's from heaven but like we know his parents like they're of earth like we know we saw him as a little baby like he wasn't just descended from heaven and he's like I, I feel like sometimes like he's telling us even like you know nowadays like stop you know just let go of what you think you know about me and let me tell you who i am and and accept who i'm telling you that i am and it's like but wait you just said that you're from heaven but but we know you're mother and father how can you be from heaven it's like i i said what i said i didn't stutter like i i i said it just stop grumbling stop complaining you're only going to get to the Father through me. I am from heaven. Eat my blood. Eat, eat my flesh. Drink my blood. Trust in my word. You can take him at his word. He says who he says he is. So hmm. you have to trust him. Verse 42 reminds me of another time where, I can't remember what chapter it's in, um, but where they're like, oh, Jesus, your, your mother and your brothers want to see you. And he's like, who, who are my mother and my brothers? Anyone who does my will. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> just. Definitely, his relationship with God is more important than any other kind of and uh, the reality kind of sets in like, oh, yeah, that's, I feel like that's us, right? We're like, oh, yeah, like, God, like, give give me that. Like, I would love to do that. But the truth of the matter is, like, it won't satisfy you because you won't let it satisfy you. And, like, it'll, it'll take a moment before you're complaining because you only have bread and you don't have quail. Mm. Like, it's all about setting your priorities on what, Jesus has and what God has for you and and what his will is and that's what Jesus really I think sets in later because yeah. they're like we love we love some of this bread it's yeah like, that sounds like some bread. it's better it's better than Moses bread. Mm-hmm. it's better than that bread it's better than the bread that God gave Moses like that's all nice. it, I feel like verse 34 of that hey give us this bread every give us that bread every day it's, it's like it's our instant fix it's our it's our diet pill of you don't have to exercise. You don't have to eat right. Just take this pill once a day and you'll lose weight. It's that easy. Just You don't have to do anything. It's just done for you. They're like, give us that bread. That sounds nice. The woman at the well, there's living water. I don't have to walk back to the well, be humiliated, come here by myself in the, in the heat of the day and put a bucket down the well and pull back up. I don't have to do all this work. I can just have water that I drink once and I never have to do this again. I won't be thirsty anymore. I'll take some of that water. And they're like, you got this nice bread like from heaven like, like our ancestors had. We want to be hungry again. That sounds great. I'll take some of that. And he's like, no, it's not a quick fix. It's not an instant you know, gratification and everything's all done. It's one and done. He's like, that's not what this is about. So what does that mean of to eat his flesh and drink his blood? That reminds me of the Last Supper, of just like remembering his sacrifice on the cross for yeah. us. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then just a little side note of like the living water thing. Um, a few days ago, I had a patient that she just like started telling me stuff about her life and then somehow some way Jesus got into the conversation too and then um, out of nowhere she just asked me uh, what kind of water do you drink and then I kind of like <laughs> laughed in my head I'm like oh I can pull like a bend you know <laughs> answer thank you and I was like well um, I drink this very special water it's living water and then she was like she made a face, it's just so confused. It was so great. And and I'm just like with a little smirk on my face. You're like, oh, yeah. right here. I'm talking with Samaritan woman. Yeah, and then I was like, yeah, so um, it's this living water that like I only drink it once and I'm never thirsty again. And she continued to be confused. 
confused. <laughs> and then later I kind of like explained a little bit more for her. She was like, oh my gosh, yeah, that's right. I love that water. <laughs> and then she like just started to, to pray and then she started praying in tongues for like a few seconds. <laughs> and then I'm like, okay, we're doing this. <laughs> and she was very loud. I'm like, all right, this is that living water. I love it. Wow. <laughs> I, I remember that we were talking about living water came to my head like, oh yeah, that happened. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but what, is, what is he telling them to do? He's saying to eat the bread, eat my flesh, drink my blood. You know, he's not saying, you know, look at this bread, hold this bread, study this bread, break this bread apart, <clears throat> make the bread, you know, figure out what ingredients are in it. No, eat it. Dig in, enjoy it, let it go into you, into your body, let it become part of you. You know, he's saying like, I am the bread of life. Eat it. You're not like, I'm the bread of life. Just hold on to it in your back pocket for when you need it later and, you know, just pull me out and, you know, hold on to it and think about me later when, you know, life is going hard. It's like, no, I'm the bread of life. Eat my flesh. I am the bread of life from heaven. Take hold of me, like, eat it. Dig in. You know, don't just admire it. Don't just, oh, it tastes good. Okay, oh, that was nice. Like, no, eat it. I like how um, in verse 53, of, like, hold it down, he goes, um, you know, unless you, eat, unless you eat the flesh of the son of man and drink his blood, you have real life in you. So, like, essentially we eat something. It's going inside of you. So we're, like, eating his flesh and drinking his blood, and that is life. He is life. So he's saying if you don't do that, you have no life in you. Mm. So... We are literally eating his flesh, like, literally in a sense, eating his flesh and drinking his blood. And if he is life, we are putting him in us and just trusting that what he said is true. And then we have life in us because he is life. Mm. So I just like, made that connection a little bit. Maybe that's where the phrase came from, you are what you eat. <laughs> I like it. Would you eat life? <laughs> I, ha- I had life cereal this morning, actually. <laughs> Cinnamon life. It's good. Okay. Add a little spice to your life. That's a very big reason. I agree. I said maybe, but it's definitely top five. There's no argument. Anyway, before we get into that conversation. Um, no, that, that actually kind of brings about a, a question of, you know, if, if, he's, if Jesus is telling us to eat his flesh because he is life and Otherwise, we don't have life if we're not taking part of him every day. What are we eating? What are we putting into ourselves? You know, not just like what food are we eating? Like, are you eating greasy food? What are we feeding ourselves spiritually or visually? That's what our sermon was about in church yesterday. It was Hmm. all about like... That's a good analogy of, you know, how many times a day do we eat versus how many times a day are we, how many times a day are we feeding our body versus feeding our souls? Feeding is something that's going to last, you know, 80 years on earth, 90 years, maybe 100 years on earth versus something that's eternal. You know, how, how much are we feeding into our souls? What's that? That's a lifelong challenge of continuing to, to feed the eternal, to, to having an eternal mindset um, and, and not just thinking, what can satisfy my stomach right now because I'm hungry and man, do I have a sweet tooth. After I'm done eating, I'm already like, what snack can I eat? What sugary, chocolatey snack can I have that can satisfy this next craving that I've already got? You know, what if, what if we had that urge 
you know, the same way that I have a sweet tooth, you guys might have a sweet tooth or, you know, might want something salty or savory or, you know, something. What if we had that spiritual tooth? And we're like, ooh, I could go for some scripture right now. That sounds good. <laughs> Bread is great, you know. Um, but yeah, I think I think that's gonna be my challenge for this week. <laughs> um, believe it or not, I actually never come prepared with giving you guys a challenge. It always comes about during the Bible study. Um, but I have a really big sweet tooth. Like right now, I I already want another Reese's. I had a Reese's about you know hour and a half ago. I want another one. Yeah, I had three. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm already got a craving for something because that Reese's didn't satisfy. Um, Snickers doesn't even satisfy, and they they tell you that it does. Um, but, but let's let's go into this week with. I got a little, I got a little. My spiritual, my spiritual tooth is telling yeah, me. Yeah, my my spiritual tooth is really craving something right now. Some it's craving some alone time. I haven't had some good alone time in a little bit. Let me let me let me go get some of that, and you know next day. Oh, I could go for some good prayer time. Oh, some prayer time sounds good right now. And the next day, oh, I could go for some really good worship right now. That sounds really good. That could really satisfy right now. Let's really try to go into this next week like that. Of let's let's satisfy our our spiritual tooth. Is that does that sound doable? One thing about like the tradition of fasting during Lent is that like when you feel the hunger in your body, it's supposed to prompt you to, and remind you that like yeah. your spirit is also like hungering mm-hmm. and longing for God, and that like. Maybe, like, every time you feel a craving for, like, Starbucks or, like, a piece of candy, just, like, maybe in those moments. What are you trying to say? I'm just kidding. I'm not saying deny, I'm not necessarily saying deny yourself those things, but in that moment when you get that craving, think, okay, what is my soul doing? Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. 100%. But I didn't appreciate the shots across the back. Okay. You just had it in your hand. That's, like, like, how the guys here. It's, like, I just. It's like two minutes away. <laughs> okay. We actually met in the Starbucks before. <laughs> I saw the green truck. I was like, I'm in it. Cool. Does, 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 that, does that sound doable for this week? Of, yes. You know, whether it be when you actually have a, a, an actual craving for something or just, you know, throughout your day, try to be like, oh, I've got this, I've got this spiritual craving right now. Um, I'll try to send some reminders in the in the chat every once in a while to be like, hey, don't forget to satisfy your, your spiritual tooth. Right, like finding your spiritual needs in each day. Yeah, finding your spiritual needs in each day, feeding your, your spiritual stomach. stomach, you know, just as much as as our, our physical stomachs. Um, cool. I think we'll leave it there for right now. I, I, I think the next part is really funny too. Um, the, the next part of um, like all the disciples deserting Jesus um, and, and Jesus is like did I offend you like what um, because he's like whatever like you're offended okay um, but anyway uh, any other final thoughts comments questions concerns Sure, I think somebody has something. Anybody have anything? Okay. Okay, anything? Okay. Last chance, anybody have anything? Just give another chance. Just give anybody a chance in case they want to say something. Alright, cool. Uh Gabby, thank you for this evening. Um and yeah, I just pray for blessings over everybody here and for those that couldn't make it too. Um, and just pray for, uh, help us to remember that every day. Help us to want to have that, um, that bread of life. Help us to want to take part of you every day to really dig in um, and, and digest and reflect and um, just reflect on who you are and who you are to us um, and what you did for us. Or as we're coming up on this, Easter season to, to just remember what you've done um, that it's a lot more than just um, about 
Easter eggs and a bunny and or even just more than the cross. Um, but it's about who you are and, and what you did for us on that cross. I just ask that you help us to remember this week um, to satisfy our spiritual tooth, to, to really want to seek you out, to call on to you and be like, hey, Jesus, help us. Now, whether we're looking for a parking spot or whether we're really struggling in life, God, um, help us to depend on you for everything um, and to really just dig into you. Yeah, just to, to really see your hand on our lives this week and, and to feel you, to feel your love more tangibly. In Jesus' name, amen. Cool. Bye. Bye. <laughs>